You're listening to Beat Autoimmune and Thrive, the podcast all about reversing and preventing autoimmune conditions so you can live your most vibrant life as soon as possible. We talk about autoimmune root causes, actionable solutions, and inspirational healing stories. I'm Palmer Kippola, and I used to have MS. Today, I'm an author, a speaker, a functional medicine certified health coach, a pickleball player, and nature lover who's helped thousands of people reclaim their health and their best lives. Let's dive into this episode. I am super excited. Dr. Mindy Pels is in the house. She is a complete holistic healthcare practitioner who has a thriving practice in Silicon Valley right here in my hometown. And it turns out we're both from the same hometown in Southern California, right? Very, very close. Um, I had the privilege and honor of meeting Dr. Mindy at um, a health influencer conference that we both attended. And I just knew from the outset that we were really, really going to get on. We both are super passionate about what we do. And in part, Dr. Mindy has her own story. I had been diagnosed with MS at 19, but Dr. Mindy was diagnosed with chronic fatigue at age 19. So she had become severely ill. She experienced severe fatigue, brain fog, muscle wasting, and so forth. And doctors said there was nothing she could do, but she knew there, that was nothing could be further from the truth. So that started her mission to help people, help us take back our health. So Dr. Mindy, I know you're an expert in fasting and keto, and that's why you're here. We can go in so many different directions, but I wanted to welcome you to this interview. Yeah, no, thank you. I, anytime I get an opportunity to share the power of the human body, like we need to take, we need to give people their power back and what you're doing is incredible. So thank you for having me. Oh, it's, it's absolutely my pleasure and my privilege. And so what we're talking about now is healing with food. But what we need to expand that to is the idea of healing without food, mm. because we are a modern society that's just used to eating all the time. We have really become, you know, 24, access to 24 hour feasting. And that is just throwing us into a tailspin of hormonal imbalances and obesity. And all of these factors are risk factors for autoimmune conditions. So what I'd like to dive into specifically today is the ketogenic diet and meal timings. I know there are profound benefits with a ketogenic diet, but where would you start with somebody who is kind of new to this whole idea of a ketogenic diet? Is it right for them? And so forth. Yeah, awesome. I, I think that the first mindset shift that needs to happen is that we have to stop asking ourselves, like, what's the perfect diet? And we need to really just address two things. When are we going to eat and what are we going to eat? And I think so much emphasis has been on what we're going to eat, but just these are both of equal importance. So we need to also be talking about when are we going to eat? And this is where fasting, the ketogenic diet really come in to play because we, I love like your, what you were saying, like, let's bring down the refined carbohydrates. Let's bring down the sugars, the bad oils. Those kind of things are great to start with, with what, what you're going to eat. But I also think we need to start moving to more of like a fasting, what I call a fasting lifestyle, that fasting is a healing process. And if you can get your body more experienced with it, you can accelerate healing like better than 
working with a hundred doctors. Like you have the most miraculous doctor inside of you. That doctor is just waiting for you to start to build a fasting lifestyle so that you can tap into it. Oh, that was so beautiful. And, and speak from your own personal experience, will you, for a moment, has fasting made a, a difference in your own health journey, in your own life? Yeah. So here's, here's sort of the two places in my life that I've used both of those concepts. One was, like you said, when I had chronic fatigue, um, I, you know, I was found myself in a doctor's office who didn't believe in me. And basically they said, take these meds, drop out of school. Nothing's going to, you know, you're, you're basically, you're done. Let's just see what happens. But I was 19 years old. So that was a little daunting. And luckily my mother took me to a holistic MD who um, put me on what he called the candida diet which really was the keto diet. We just didn't know, you know, we just didn't call yeah. it that. So, mm-hmm. and he, I basically ate meat and vegetables and fat, and that's what I ate. And I went from a, a, a state where I couldn't get out of bed to within three to four weeks, I was back on a plane, back at school, like able to go to classes. It was, I mean, it was transformative. Mm-hmm. And so that part is, was really like it, really helpful. Now, fast forward to, and that's why I kind of stuck with that. That was my twenties. I sort of stuck with that, but fast forward to my forties when my hormones, you know, I started to go into that perimenopause state. Um, like many women, they, I started to hold on to weight. Like I, I didn't, I was like doing all the same things, but I just felt like my jeans were tighter. I had the weight, the scale was going up. I didn't really like that. I wasn't sleeping. Um, I started getting night sweats really bad and like hot flashes, depression, anxiety, like all the classic menopause symptoms, but I was still eating a fairly clean diet. So I couldn't quite figure out what I was missing. And that's where I leaned into more fasting. And once I started to build myself a fasting lifestyle, once I started, I started with intermittent fasting it was really incredible to see how quickly the body could normalize and the body could heal. So that's why I always say we have to, that, you know, I was technically eating all the right things in my forties, but I still had so many, I was, symptoms were emerging and I didn't know how to stop them until I really leaned into fasting in a big way. That is, that is so powerful. And I just want to pause you right there because you're speaking to a group that I think everybody is just going like this. They're nodding their head in agreement. They're, they know they've taken out the foods they know are inflammatory. They've found their food sensitivities maybe, and yeah. they're still not feeling great. They're still not getting their genes to close or whatever it is. So I, I think that this could be the next level to consider, right? Yeah. And this is where I think you know what you and I, where you and I really connect and what we're trying to do in the world is people, you, you were not taught how powerful your body was. If you stop and you think about it from the moment a baby is born, what happens is we're taught like wash your hands and put all these vaccines and these antibacterial soaps on them. Keep your baby away from everybody else. We're basically like taught fear. Mm -hmm. And every single time we've had an illness, we walk into the doctor's office and the doctor writes us a prescription or tells us it's time for a surgery we're once again taught that the power of our own healing is on the outside of us. That's right. It's not within our, the inside. And what I want so desperately to do is give people the power back and say, guess what? You have this incredible, this thing is incredible. 
It's incredible. It, it came designed with so many healing capabilities. Here's the problem. You just haven't been taught how to use that. You haven't been taught. It's like you have a Lamborghini and you forgot to get go to the course where they taught you how to drive it. Yeah. And that's what things like what you are doing is doing is we're teaching people how to use this incredible machinery they've been given. Oh, that is amazing. And just to touch on this, because our genes have not changed this no. quickly in the last hundred years, right? No. This is we not a problem with our genes, folks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it might be the genes that we can't zip up, but a little right. pun intended, but, but this is not a genetic problem. This is, we are not able to keep up with the lifestyle and the toxicity of the world that we're living in. And by the way, as we age, as you've powerfully pointed out, our lifestyle needs to change to yeah. address these mounting challenges. Is that right? Yeah. And that, that was the aha of my menopause journey. And I'm going to call it like... A, it is a journey. It's like after 40, basically what women need to know is that after 40, your ovaries are saying, I'm done. But they don't just all of a sudden turn off. They, they go on this slow decline. And so as the ovaries start to be less and less impactful, that means you don't have as much estrogen, you don't have as much progesterone, you don't have as much testosterone, and, but, but you still need some of those. So it has to rely on other organs like your adrenal glands and you need more, you need your cells to be less inflamed so that when the little bit of hormones that are being produced are actually getting into the cell. So I think our forties is a mirror. It's an opportunity, opportunity to look at our imbalances and make a lifestyle shift. So we don't have to end up on medication. But nobody, I wish somebody had tapped my 40-year-old self and said, hey, guess what? You're going to need to shift your lifestyle for a little bit um, because your hormones are declining. And that is, and then we get to in our 50s. And if we haven't made a shift with this change in our body, now we've got, we've got disease because we've got, we're struggling because we didn't adapt to the physiological changes our body was going God, I, I just wish this were out in neon because this is just the core message. We are not adapting to our environment and yeah. you're going to teach us a bit about how we can do that. So all of that said, let's just, I, I know this is truth, so we need to embrace this. Where do you start? What do you recommend that people do? They've done this 30-day food vacation. They've found their triggers now what? They're interested in, you know, maybe they already have symptoms, which is why most people are here. You know, they've hit some level of rock bottom. So they're right. not doing this necessarily as a preventive thing. They're right. doing this to overcome something, which unfortunately takes a bit longer. But how can we jumpstart that? Do you suggest starting with some level of intermittent fasting? Or do you suggest starting to change the composition on the plate? What do you do first? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think there are kind of two simultaneous things you can do that are fairly easy steps. That, and and get you. I always tell people like in my new book, I'm really excited because on I have a five step process, and each step has steps. So if you look at it and you're like, okay, how do I? One of the steps is building a fasting lifestyle. You, I have a start here, then go here, then go here, so that people can understand it. And and I would say the same thing to your question, which is. Let's start by getting our carbohydrate down, our carbohydrate load down. And the easiest place to start with is refined carbohydrates. So breads, 
pastas, sugars. Let's bring those down. Um, once you're comfortable with that, then you, you really want to moderate fruit. You don't want to do fruit all the time. So you want to moderate that. Um, and at the same time, let's work on increasing your good fat. So we are incredibly fat deprived country because we have been told fat is the devil and it's not. Our brain needs fat. Our, it, our cells need fat to be able to uh, produce hormones. Uh, I just read a study yesterday that the uh, cells that produce testosterone actually need cholesterol. So if you're on a cholesterol lowering medication and you're, you don't have enough cholesterol, you're not going to have enough testosterone which is a major hormone for both men and women. Right. So, so we need to, that would be where I would start with the food at the same time, very simple place to start with is to, when you wake up in the morning, just push your breakfast back an hour, just get comfortable with making the refined, those food changes I just mentioned and push your breakfast back an hour and see how that, how that lands with you. Like, where do you go with that? Um, because for a lot of people, that's those are big steps. But what you're going to do in that process is you're going to turn your body from a sugar burner to a fat burner, and you're going to start getting ketones. And ketones are healing. They will go to parts of your body that drugs don't can't get to. Like they can go into the brain. They can cross the blood-brain barrier. There are right now researchers and millions of dollars going into studies on psychiatric medications or, or medications that will cross the blood-brain barrier. But you can do it by creating ketones and ketones will go in and start healing. Yeah, it's the then, own, our own pharmacy, right? That we have within us. We have the power is in us to create those healing, powerful peptides. Yes, exactly. Again, we got to go within. The power's here. It's not going to be out there. Mm -hmm. so, um, so, so once you're comfortable with like, okay, I pushed my breakfast back. I really like people to thrive with the, the 13 to 15 hour fasting. I think there's so much that's intermittent fasting. There's, um, I don't know if you saw the new article that came out by the New England Journal of Medicine, came out a couple of months ago, and it said that we've reviewed all the literature on intermittent fasting, and we have decided that it is beneficial, and it is especially beneficial for these conditions. Now, I believe autoimmunity was one of them. I, I'd have to go back and scan the article. There was like nine different conditions that they that, that, that the New England Journal of Medicine, yeah. which is, by the way, the journal of the medical world. So this is their own journal that's basically saying intermittent fasting is an incredible tool and, and we should all be doing it. It is so powerful. And we've known this for so many thousands of years. This is how we've eaten in our primal blueprint. This is who we are, right? We didn't have access to food 24 seven and now we do. And we could say that all of these chronic degenerative disorders are largely caused by our lifestyle. So yeah. we need to review what we're doing and get back to a more primal blueprint to use a very used term um, because that's who we are. I had a, I, to absolutely agree. I had like this aha moment as I was write, writing my book that you think about how many things have changed in our world, just in our lifetime, like the technology changes that we've had and the everything. I mean, pretty much everything has upgraded to this, this new level of convenience and simplicity. The only thing that hasn't upgraded is the human body. 
the human body is literally, you are living in the same body right. that they did in the caveman days. Yes. Nothing has really changed. Yes. You're living in an environment that has dramatically changed. So this is part of why so many people are sick right. is that we have to go back to this primitive design and say, okay, what did our cave ancestors do? And fasting was one of them. That's so beautiful. And so you've talked about the development of ketones while we're on this fasting, which I love. And, and the longer you fast, and we'll get into that, the greater the ketones. At this point, do you recommend that people measure their ketone levels? And if so, do you suggest urine strips or do you uh, suggest that people make the investment in a blood uh, ketone reader or the breath version, which might be even more, I don't know, We've tried everything. We've, okay. we've tried everything because people will say to us, well, I don't want to prick my finger. Right. Um, so the breath ones, I, I would love the breath ones to work. And they don't. We've, we've, <laughs> we've wasted hundreds okay. of dollars. Okay. Don't waste people. your money on breath. Don't, wa- don't waste your money. They don't right. work. Okay. Um, and the P ones only really show you what's coming out of you. So it's a little bit delayed. Yeah. Whereas real time is blood. Real so, time is blood. Yeah. So I would say invest in a meter. It's less than a hundred dollars. Yeah. You know, it's a, when you understand what you're testing Mm -hmm. uh, for and what you're looking, it'll motivate you. Yeah. You know, I had an experience, um, I'm doing a liver cleanse right now and I decided to get off caffeine and alcohol. I wasn't really like excited to get off those, but you know, like I love my glass of wine. I love my, and I do them all organically. So I didn't have a lot of motivation to get off, but I'm like, okay, I'm going to cleanse my liver. I should probably do this appropriately. Well, um, one of the things that happened to me is I saw the changes on my aura ring. What I saw in my aura ring was that my heart rate variability is going up and I'm getting more more deep sleep. Okay, so I started off the week not really excited to give up alcohol and, and caffeine. And now I'm like, oh my God, I have more motivation. So the same thing will happen when you have that ketone reader. You might be like going, oh my God, who was that crazy lady that Palmer brought on that talked about fasting? (laughs) Who is she? I don't even know what she knows. When you're like hangry and you want food. But when you can go back to that meter and you can see the changes that are happening, it motivates you more than anything I've ever seen. I love it. I love it. So what we need to do then is consider getting a ketone reader and test our blood how often do you recommend that people do this just to know if they're getting into ketosis? Because one of the things that I have found personally is sometimes it can be a little bit difficult to get into ketosis. What do you recommend um, that people do to test and how often? Yeah, I usually start off with telling people three times a week, uh, like do it Monday, Wednesday, Friday. First thing in the morning, you're going to do your blood sugar and your ketones. And then right before your first meal, blood sugar and ketones. The first thing, before I even talk about numbers, the first thing you're looking for is you want to see that in that second reading, your blood sugar goes down and that your ketones go up. So don't freak out if you get up in the morning and it says low ketones, you don't have any. What I want to know is what happens when you go get into that 13 to 15 hour range, are you able to get into ketosis? So um, that's the first step. And you're looking for about 0.5 in, your, in ketones, and you'd like to keep your blood sugar between 70 and 90. 
So, but the first step is just get it, practice getting into ketosis because some of you are going to hop in right away and some people are going to take a little bit longer. And that's really what you're there to help guide them through Palmer is like, so not, I don't, I hate when people start comparing their numbers with their mate right. or, or with other people in the group, because everybody gets into ketosis differently. That's why right. you have programs like what you're doing so that we can, you can guide them through that. Right. I, I have found frustratingly that men often have an easier time getting into ketosis and staying in ketosis. And those of us women over 40, let's say between 40 and 60 yeah. might have a little bit more challenge of getting there and staying there, but that's okay. That a 0.5 millimole measurement can be equally powerful as somebody, some guy who's saying, you know, my level's three and there, there's no way to compare this. And, and let's Great. talk about what you're feeling, the benefits. And, and before I go there, um, just in terms of making sure that you get there, is if you're not there at that 0.5 reading, is the answer to just extend your fast. Maybe let's do a 16 hour fast yeah. and then you measure. So this is all experimentation. Is that what yes. you're advocating? Yes, exactly. So um, the first thing is if you have a scale in your house, throw it away. Because if you're looking for a lot of people go into like, and I know we're dealing with people who have motivation to do more than just lose weight. But if you're looking, the scale is never going to be a good measurement of what your real time body is doing. But the blood sugar reader is, it's a great measurement. So let's say you come to that second reading and you're like, oh, I'm still low. That's not good. And let's say you're not famished. Could you go a couple more hours? Could you go another hour and take another reading? and see where that reading is at. And you'd be amazed that the longer, the longer you fast, the more those ketones go up. Got it. Got it. So what you should be seeing is that your blood sugar is actually going down. So if your blood sugar is over a hundred, let's say between hundred and 120, that is like pre-diabetes. That's, that's concerning, right? I mean, that's a path over a period of time that we're, we get concerned about readings over a hundred which is yeah. why you mentioned 99, you know, 70 to 99, or did you say 70 to 90? 70 to 90. Is 70 to 90 yeah. is, is ideal in that. So this is really, everybody is going to have to experiment with this to see wh where their numbers are and yeah. what they're eating. So are you having them, um, are you advocating that we take our blood sugar and ketone measurement before eating? Let's say I'm doing a 16-8. So I fasted for 16 hours. Is that when I do the ketone reading before I have something to eat? Is yes, that the idea? Before. 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 Yep. Okay. Afterwards, you're probably going to see your ketones go down because once blood sugar goes up, the liver doesn't make ketones anymore. Right. And so the only way you're going to know if you've stayed there over time is to take another reading a little bit down the path. Maybe when, when would the next reading be? Yeah. So, you know, there, there, I always tell people that there's seven different steps of fasting, like seven versions. And so intermittent is 13 to 15 hours. If you're comfortable there, then you would want to go to the next step, which, which is 17 hours, because um, you can stimulate something called autophagy where the cells will repair themselves. If you're comfortable there, then I really encourage people to go 24 hours. What happens at 24 hours is you make stem cells, intestinal stem cells. Now, for somebody with autoimmunity, we know there's always a gut issue. There's a microbiome issue that needs to be addressed. So if, if I could, you know, if we could get you to do some 24-hour fast and we could get some stem cell production and we could repair that gut, you, that's a huge step forward for somebody with an autoimmune condition. So at each one of those new levels, 
you would take another reading. Got it. So at the end of 24 hours, before you have something to eat, let's say you're, you've extended your fast this long, maybe you're having one meal a day, you take that reading of your ketones and your blood sugar to see how you're doing. And then you just, this is motivation to keep going, right? Exactly. Exactly. And if you, you know, the more ketones you have, eventually the hunger is going to shut off. So what a lot of people do is they go, oh, it's 18 hours. I'm okay. I could keep going. I mean, I've had people that will tell me like, I started off with a 24 hour fast. Next thing I know is 48 hours. So because the more ketones you have, it sounds crazy, but you will, your hunger will go down. Yeah. Well, there are so many benefits to this. Um, You know, brain fog improves. um, It lowers your insulin. It dampens inflammation. We get an increase of glutathione, right? There's this our master antioxidant. It modulates our immune response. So, and it clears our thinking and bonus. We're not that hungry when we do it. So, I mean, this is a little bit of a stress to get into this, to push ourselves not to eat because we're on this, this habitual cycle of eating not only three meals a day, but we're snacking. Yeah. So one of the things that I would love for you to address is this idea of both how do we have the fortitude to keep going when we start feeling that hunger? And number two, how do we have the fortitude to to forego snacking? Yeah. Well, here's where you have to believe in your body. So this, and this still happens to me. I don't know if you noticed this, but Sometimes at like 10 o'clock in the morning. So I, I usually finish dinner. I come home late. So I usually finish dinner at about eight o'clock at night. That's the last thing I put in my mouth. And then I won't eat till about two o'clock the next day. So that's usually my window um, of fasting. At about 10, I'm always hungry. And there's a moment where I go, huh, I'm hungry. And then I get distracted. And the next thing I know, I'm not hungry. And by the time two o'clock rolls around, I'm often not in the mood for food at all. So what happens there? There is this moment, because it's not unique to me, there is this moment where you, as your body switches over to become a fat burner, as that switch is happening, ketones are coming coming out, are being secreted. So the mental state of mind or the the mantra you want to have in your head is, let me just sit tight because my body's going to figure this out. My body's got it figured out. It, we have a tendency to think once I'm hungry, if I don't put food in my mouth, I'm going to stay hungry. You would actually be surprised when you start to apply these principles that doesn't happen. Oftentimes, hunger will come in waves. And if you hang in there, you get more ketones, you won't be hungry anymore. It sounds crazy. And people look at me like I'm a two-headed dragon when I say that to them. And then they come back and they go, you were right. That's exactly what happened. How interesting. I love it. And we've been talking about hydration as part of our foundational unit that we've got to stay hydrated. And sometimes there are studies that show that when we're sufficiently hydrated, we can actually curb our hunger. So what do you do in that 10 o'clock window where you start to get hungry? Do you hydrate? Do you have tea? Can you have coffee? I know you're not having coffee right now, but organic coffee, are we good? Yeah, you could have coffee, you could have tea, you could have water. You're right. Sometimes I drink a glass of water and the hunger goes away. So keeping busy is really helpful. Mm-hmm. I think if you sit at home and you know food is really close to you, that's hard. So I always tell people to try to do that as they're pushing their fast back. Sometimes it's better to do it on a work day. Sounds crazy, but it, the more the busier you are, the, the easier it gets because the, the mind wants to play tricks on you. 
I, I totally get it. I think, I think all the things that we've been learning so far about mindset and having a mantra, you know, I can do this. I've got this. My body is healing. I'm strong. All of those mantras and the right mental attitude is going to help carry us through this. But to your point about having the meter and being able to get the data is going to be so motivating that you're going to want to keep going. So this would be maybe the next step is let's just stretch out our eating window a little bit. And once that gets comfortable, maybe we extend it a little bit farther. You get the data and now this is such a powerful intervention. Do you agree? Oh, absolutely. And I love the idea of like, um, of a mantra because one of the mantras that I use all the time is like, Oh, my body's got it. My body knows what it's doing. So it's, it, I have so much trust at 10 o'clock that the body's going to make the switch and it knows what it's doing. And I think anybody who's been in a chronic, uh, illness situation, you you start to question the, the power of your body. You start to have some distrust. And um, the doctors, you know, tend to reinforce that. But what fasting does, and, and, you know, we've got a group, our resetter group, we've got like 28,000 people in there now. We've got 125,000 on uh, YouTube, and we all fast together once a month. And what I see people do is they start to believe in themselves again. And I, I would just throw that out there as if you've been in a chronic situation, it's, I get it. It's, uh, it's easy to distrust your body, but what the mantra will do is if you can just say, my body's got this, my body's got this, my body knows what to do. It's like, it's almost like your body's just been there screaming at you. Like, trust me, I want to heal you. I just need you to remove the food. I need you to remove the carbohydrates and now I can go to work. And that's what it's waiting for you to do. Oh my God, that's so beautiful. It feels like that line about the one we've been waiting for is ourselves. If we only just listen and give it a chance. So I know that it might feel stressful at first when we take food away because we're so used to it. But I invite everyone to just give it a try. This is just, you know, it's not a life sentence. It's not forever. There's a window of eating. This is our biology. We've been doing this for thousands of years. Let's just start to treat our bodies like they were meant to be treated. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I have a line in my book that I always say, we're waiting for the hero to show up and save us from our our own health condition. But guess what? The hero of the day is you. You're the hero. And you are, your body's just waiting for you to tap into this miraculous healing power. And then you get to save yourself. Nobody's coming to save you. You can save yourself. And you just have, nobody taught you how, how it works. You were given this incredible tool, but you weren't taught how it was, how it works, which is really ludicrous. I mean, mean, it's not your fault. It's just, nobody taught you how it works. And that's what you people like you and me were trying to teach people again. And you can save yourself. It is so empowering. I, I can't even, I've got chills all over my body. The passion that you have for helping people heal and getting their lives back is just incredible. Um, I love this conversation. I look forward to having you back. I Lots more to. we can talk about. I would love to. Bring me back. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time uh-huh. today. Super my appreciate pleasure. it. And that's a wrap. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, share it with your friends and family. And if you feel inspired, please leave a quick review so other people can find it too. Now, if you want to beat autoimmune and thrive, make sure you sign up for my free video training at 
freeautoimmunetraining.com. That's freeautoimmunetraining.com. And watch the first video right away. Take good care. Bye for now.